Hello and welcome to another message of the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to write to us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. And also keep in mind that our English audio messages are available as podcasts through iTunes. You can look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. In today's message, we'll be looking at just how important it is to obey the Lord, no matter who tries to convince us to do otherwise. In a world where there are so many influences and people that proclaim to speak the truth, especially those that call themselves people of God or prophets or preachers, who should we listen to? Who is telling us the truth? For our own good, we need to learn how to listen to God for ourselves, as well as understand who God is truly speaking through and who we should ignore and stay away from. And furthermore, we'll be seeing that we need to be careful now more than ever because we're living in the latter days, a time where there will be more confusion and misleading than ever before. Please stay with us for the next few minutes as we listen to today's message. Let us take a moment to seek the Lord in prayer and to ask for his guidance and clarity. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you for your good and for your mercies everlasting. O Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, that you first of all, please forgive my sins and my wrongs. I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the forgiveness of sins that we have through him. I pray in the name of Jesus now, O Lord God, that you please guide us, O Lord, that you help us to understand, that you give us clarity, Lord God, and good understanding. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may give us a sensitive heart, that we may be able to just listen with the right disposition, O Lord, and just heed, Lord God, your word, your advice, your counsel. I pray for everybody listening, Lord God. Please work in each of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be looking at 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 1 to 26. And this is what the Lord says. And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, behold, a child, Josiah, by name shall be born to the house of David. And on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall be split apart, and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God who cried out against the altar in Bethel, that he stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Arrest him. Then his hand, which he stretched out toward him, withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. The altar also was split apart and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Then the king answered and said to the man of God, Please entreat the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, 
If you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you, nor would I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread nor drink water nor return by the same way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. Now an old prophet dwelt in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king, and their father said to them, Which way did he go? For his sons had seen which way the man of God went who came from Judah. Then he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he rode on it, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. Then he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, You shall not eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by going the way you came. He said to him, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Now it happened as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back, and he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back, ate bread, and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. So it was after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled the donkey for him, the prophet whom he had brought back. When he was gone, a lion met him on the road and killed him, and his corpse was thrown on the road and the donkey stood by it. The lion also stood by the corpse. And there men passed by and saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing by the corpse. Then they went and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. Now when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard it, he said, It is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has delivered him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to him. So, we just read a story about a certain man of God that's received direction from God, but that he allowed himself to be misled by someone else posing to have some spiritual authority. And that this someone else alleges that an angel told him to tell the man of God to do contrary to what God told him to do. And because this man of God allowed himself to be misled and did contrary to what he was told, he suffered the consequences. How does that work, right? Well, if we are wise and that's the way things work out, then we should be careful and we should understand how we need to be careful so we don't have the same issues. And least of all, carry or endure consequences for committing the same mistake. After all, I would think that we would all want to avoid having unnecessary heartache, right? That's the whole reason for learning the best we can what is in God's will for us and trying to stay as close to the Lord as possible. And even then, there is no guarantee that everything will turn out the way we would want things to turn out because we live in a fallen world, influenced and impacted by sin, by both the sin that is out there and by our own sin. 
We can never forget that our sin makes this world imperfect also, whether it is through our wrong actions or just because of containing sin nature within ourselves. So no one can say that the world is as bad as it is only because of external sin or the sins of other people. We're all in this together, but nonetheless we can avoid bad consequences at least as much as we are afforded to by obeying the Lord and not allowing ourselves to be deceived. Right? So, now, how do we go about avoiding being misled? The first thing is that we need to have well-established communication with the Lord. A personal and intimate one, which can only happen through Jesus Christ. We cannot have any kind of connection with God until we have formally given our lives over to Him. And it's a very practical thing. After all, how can you ever belong to God if you've never given yourself over to Him? That's one thing that most people miss. We are not born children of God. We are His creation, but we don't belong to Him until we make the decision for ourselves out of our own free will. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it tells us explicitly, but as many as received Him, that is a voluntary and rational decision, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. It's about putting your faith on Him. So this can clearly not happen before you are born or when you don't know what you're doing. This is something that happens when you have the ability to make voluntary and rational decisions. And so you can only become a son or daughter of God out of your own free will. Now once you've established that relationship with God through Jesus Christ, by becoming his son or daughter, or by being born again, as the Bible also explains, that is when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside your heart. When you invite the Lord to come into your heart. Revelations chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold I, speaking of Jesus, stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And Jesus also spoke about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit where he told us the following in John chapter 14 verse 26 where it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. And so the Holy Spirit guides us. He reveals to us what we need to know. He reveals the truth that is involved with the scriptures. That's why studying the scriptures cannot be an intellectual pursuit using just human intelligence. Because if you try to read the scriptures on your own without the Holy Spirit, they will not make sense to you. You will not understand what you need to understand. And also God will not be able to work inside of your life. The Holy Spirit is necessary to everything in our lives, starting with God's revelation to us. This is how we develop our direct communication with God, by praying to Him, which is simply talking to Him, not just asking for things, and by letting Him speak through us, which mainly occurs through His Word, and of course, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And this brings us to our next piece. We don't really need to guess or wonder what God wants for us to do. We have a far greater privilege than the man of God in the story. We have the word of God documented. God's whole counsel to man in the Holy Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 tells us this, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so we can find all of God's direction in His Word. We don't need for someone to tell us, hey, 
This is what God told me for you to do. Or that an angel spoke to me and told me something different to what you already heard. We can and should find out what God wants us to do through our own personal relationship with Him, through our personal and intimate contact with Him, through what is established in His Word and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's why it is essential for every follower of Jesus Christ to spend time daily in prayer and in His Word, talking to God and letting God speak to them through His Word, teaching you what you need to know. And now, we're going to get into the last part of today's message. God can use people to guide you, to help you understand things better. That's why the Lord established people in the ministry as well as, you know, we need godly relationships so we can help support each other, but founded on His truth, on His word, not on our own ideas or concepts. And like we said at the beginning, we are in the last days and there will be more confusion and misleading now than ever before. And so we need to be very careful who we listen to or who we read from. Just because they say that they're speaking the truth does not mean that they're saying the truth. For your own good, you will need to filter through all of that. But one of the ways that you can filter through what you listen to is by seeing their fruits, how they live their life. You need to pay attention to their testimony and to be able to compare what they're telling you to the complete counsel of God through His Word. It may sound complicated, but it really isn't. That's why you just need to get reading and studying the Word as much as you can. The Bible warns us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1-5, where it says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry." So there will be many fables out there, teachers that will tell people what they want to hear rather than the truth. So many, many so-called preachers and teachers of the word, or as some have deemed themselves to be called motivational speakers, will give the people what they want. They will lie to you and for many reasons, but none for that favor you spiritually. The book of Jude warns us about things that were already happening during that time in the church, but also gives us clear and detailed warning of what would come during our end times. Let's look at Jude chapter 1, starting by verse 3, where it says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in the everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. 
and as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dare not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them! For they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. What does the way of Cain and the air of Balaam and the rebellion of Korah mean? If we start by looking at the way of Cain, you may remember that Cain was the one that killed his brother Abel, because the Lord looked more favorably at Abel's offering. So the way of Cain talks about those people that try to get into positions of power within the church or out of envy, because they only want the preeminence. They want to stand out. They just feel the urge to be the one and only, even though they do everything wrong before the Lord. And they will do anything for that higher position. They thrive on ambition and envy, and that's why they get into the ministry and try to lord over others. So we can be certainly assured that a person with these kind of intentions are not godly, but rather the opposite. Now the heir of Balaam consists of people that are driven by money, a profit for hire, if you will. They're like spiritual mercenaries, ready to do whatever they need to for money. And so those kinds of people will tell you whatever you want to hear, whatever seems attractive to you, because they're only worried about one thing, how to get money out of you. They will talk about things that sell. They will give the people what they want. And there are a lot of people like that, using the things of God for lucre, to make money, to live well off of those that are governed by their senses and desires, rather than led by the Lord and the purity of His Word. And finally, the rebellion of Korah involves people that, like Korah, were hungry for power and position. In other words, they don't know how to respect what is established, and that certain people are where they are because the Lord has allowed them to be there. And of course... They think that being in places of service to the Lord means that they will exercise power and control over people, which is certainly not what the Lord taught us. As a matter of fact, the Lord taught us that whoever aspires to be greater in the kingdom must serve more. Many people have the misconception that gaining some sort of church position or stand offers them more authority and control over the people, but that works quite the opposite in God's economy if you will. Jesus, even though he was the Son of God and is the Son of God, came to this earth to serve and to even become the holy and perfect sacrifice for our sins. It doesn't get any harder than that. And so for those that aspire to be in the ministry or have a position in a church somewhere or even out of the church, implies service, humbling yourself and putting others' needs before your own. And so, if we continue following along, let's look at verse 12 in Jude. These are spots in your love feasts, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. So you see, they're only looking out for number one. It's them. 
They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, phone up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment of all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in, in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. So we're told that these people that we need to be careful with are grumblers, complainers, and that they walk according to their own lusts, meaning that they look for their own interests and not for the interests of others. And we're warned that these people use swelling words and flattery to get what they want out of you. In addition, we're told that they are sensual people, meaning that they are driven more by their worldly senses, by what is appealing to the flesh, than by spiritual value. What you need to discern is to see if someone is just telling you something you want to hear, something that seems attractive to your human flesh, or if someone is telling you the truth, something that goes against your carnal desires. That is the best way to decipher between one and the other. The Bible teaches us this principle in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, where it says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And so, if you are being told something that is flesh-driven or flesh-serving, it will bring about corruption. But if you're being told something that benefits your eternal stance before God, that feeds your spiritual side according to what you are taught through the scriptures, then you will reap everlasting life. So here's another way you can apply this concept. Is what I am being told able to only help me during the here and now without any eternal benefit? Or am I being told something that will help me here and now, but also, and more importantly, does it provide eternal benefit to me and to others? God will always guide you towards that which brings forth eternal reward. You always need to remember that God is never short-sighted. He is always looking at the bigger picture. We need to be very careful with who we listen to. And the only way we can be careful is by having and cultivating a deeper, more personal relationship with the Lord. And that takes time and dedication. We need to have that time with the Lord daily so we can listen to His guidance. And so we are not persuaded by other people with evil intentions. We need to read and study His Word through the guidance of the Holy Spirit so we can be led and strengthened on what is that good and pleasing and perfect will of God for our lives. And everything that we are saying here is for your own good. This is probably the most important thing you need to keep in mind. God loves you and only wants what is best for you. Even if it may not seem great while you're going through some difficult and challenging circumstances. What is best for us 
may not be good right now or may not seem as good right now, but it will be the best for us in eternity and not only for yourselves, but also to help others in eternity. We need to gain God's vision and God's vision is always on the eternal. It will help us here and now, but never at the expense of jeopardizing our eternal future and purpose. Satan will always try to use the here and now to persuade you away from what really matters. The Lord will always try to lead you down a path to help you find eternal salvation and to grow and prosper in the purpose of that eternal salvation, as well as to use your life so others can find their way to salvation and grow and prosper in that eternal purpose as well. I encourage you to allow yourself to be led by the Lord and don't do anything that takes you off that path. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to be sensitive to your word. But together with that, Heavenly Father, help us, O oh Lord, to understand that we need to have a, a true and intimate and genuine relationship with you. And it needs to be daily, Lord God. We need to speak to you and allow for you to speak to us so that we can understand when you are the one that's speaking to us and that, and that we need to do what you're telling us to do, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to be careful with the deceit and the evil intentions that are out there, Lord God. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that your will is what's best for us and that we just need to do it as best as we can depending on your word and on your Holy Spirit, Lord God, because we cannot do things alone. We need you, Lord God. We need your strength. We need your guidance. We need your mercy. We need your grace and your power through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to be able to walk daily in your will so that we do not stray away from your truth. I pray for every person that's listening, Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you give them a spirit of understanding, Lord God, a spirit of sensitivity to your word, to what you want to tell them, Lord God, and so that they could stay away from those things that only mean evil in their lives. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Please feel free to join us again next time as we continue looking into God's word together. If you would like to write to us, you can do so through our website. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.